Okay, we're going to turn now to the New Testament, to the letter to the Philippians, chapter 4 and verses 1 to 7. Paul wrote this when he was in prison. Therefore, my brothers and sisters, you whom I love and long for, my joy and crown, that is how you should should stand firm in the Lord, dear friends. I plead with Judai and I plead with Sinche to agree with each other in the Lord. Yes, and I ask you, loyal yoke fellow, help these women who have contended at my side in the cause of the gospel, along with Clement and the rest of my fellow workers whose names are in the book of life. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds. In Christ Jesus, we thank God for his word to us. Um, I want to turn to this prayer of serenity. It's probably known as the second most popular prayer following the Lord's Prayer, actually. And um, I've got a, a slide I want to show you. But before we get into the sermon, um, we're kind of in tier four uh, lockdown, if you like. And uh, it's a daily quarantine questions that I just want to put uh, to you. These are these are questions that are really important. And, and uh, our prayers are with Amy Isaacs, who's uh, tested positive, part of our tech team. Um, and we do pray for God's safeguarding of her. And uh, we pray for those who are self-isolating. That includes Cole and Tunde. Really grateful for our tech team. And so these quarantine questions are, there's six of them. What am I grateful for today? It's really important. We've been blessed with uh, warm homes, with some tea or coffee, breakfast, so many things. Secondly, who am I checking in on or connecting with? Thirdly, what expectations of normal am I letting go of today? Fourthly, how am I getting outside today, even if just for a, a short while for fresh air? And fifthly, how am I moving my body? That's really important and it doesn't matter whether you're stuck in a chair, you can do all sorts of exercises, even in a chair, just to try and move your body. And then sixthly and finally, what beauty am I creating, cultivating or inviting today? I think they're really important uh, to think about as we, we face the next several weeks. But the prayer of serenity is really uh, from uh, Philippians chapter 4 verse 7 that I really want us to think about this morning and the peace of God which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus and um, you know how do we sum up what has been a tumultuous year for most of us um, but I want to begin with some uh, one-liners you know I like to smile and I think the gift of laughter is really important it's something I've learned through my own father so where does Santa's reindeer stop for coffee? Starbucks. Where, 
What's every elf favorite type of music? Rap. <laughs> What's the absolute best Christmas present? A broken drum. You can't beat it. I'm sorry about that. What happens if you eat Christmas decorations? You get tinselitis. What do Santa's elves learn in school? The alphabet. What do you call an obnoxious reindeer? Rudolph. What do grapes sing at Christmas? Tis the season to be jelly. We're getting there. What's the difference between the Christmas alphabet and the ordinary alphabet? The Christmas alphabet has Noel. <laughs> what did the gingerbread man put on his bed? A cookie sheet. And finally, what does snowman eat for breakfast? Ice crispies. Well, on to more serious matters. The serenity prayer is the common name given for a uh, untitled prayer that the great Christian theologian um, Reinhold Niebuhr wrote in the 1930s to early 1940s. And Niebuhr wrote the prayer actually for a sermon. And the whole uh, of the prayer, this is the long version that some of you may be unfamiliar with, but let me read it to you. God grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, courage to change the things I can, and wisdom to know the difference. Living one day at a time, enjoying one moment at a time, accepting hardships as the pathway to peace, taking as he did this sinful world as it is, not as I would have it. Trusting that he will make all things right if I surrender to his will, so that I may be reasonably happy in this life and supremely happy with him forever and ever in the next. Amen. That prayer, some of you will be aware of, the serenity prayer is used by Alcoholics Anonymous since the 1940s. It's also used by Narcotics Anonymous and other 12-step programs. And the short version goes like this. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. It's a powerful prayer. And I remember when I first came across it, it was a very uncomfortable prayer because there were things going on in my life when I was in my 20s. And Lord, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change. And there were things changing in my life and I didn't want them to change. So the first thing I want us to think about as we kind of wrap up 2020 and step forward, looking into 2021, is be content. Be content. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things that I cannot change. Serenity is a, a peaceful, a calm state of mind. The things in life that we can't change, um, but we can look at in a calm manner, matter of fact. 
whatever it is that we can't change, we must be content and know that God has it under control. Nothing happens without his approval. He is sovereign over all things. And in Paul uh, wrote in Philippians 4, 11, I have learned in whatever situation I am to be content. And we need to learn that contentment, even in COVID-19 restrictions. We've got to come to terms with it. Otherwise, it's going to drive us underground. Be content. Secondly, the prayer reminds us that we need to have a boldness, to have a courage, be bold. God, grant me courage to change the things I can. And don't forget the um, Second World War in the uh, Nazi concentration camps, uh, hearing of the testimony of uh, one who was being persecuted, saying that you can, this, this prisoner of war, you can torture me, you can hurt me, but you can't change the way I feel, that peace that God gives me, even in the midst of all this suffering. We should be bold and confident when we're able to make the change for the better. And it's been great to see things, even through the life of CBC, it's been great to see things through the life of Open Door, like the food bank, like serving lunches in 2020, the technology that's enabled us to connect together through worship or through remix or in the coffee and cake. Um, we've been able to find new ways of connecting. God calls us to love. So if you can love others, that's the most powerful thing to do with courage, to step beyond our safe zones and love others. And this prayer is an expression of courage to build a new life. Life has changed for us. And maybe some of us have to start again from nothing, or we have to start without our dear and loved one with us. And there will be those in our business community who, whose businesses may fail and they may have to start again. We'll have to make new associations that can help us. We'll have to let go of old habits. And certainly this coronavirus has been a time of shredding, of finding out what we've been relying on. And sometimes those things are not good habits. They're not necessarily God. Um, they can just be, be habits that don't have any life underneath them. And sometimes even church going can feel like um, it's just a habit but it can be formless. And this virus forces us to reflect and think about our very lives and what's important and what's not important. And it has stolen things from us. Our time together as the Queen remarked on Christmas Day, how we long to hug one another, to squeeze a hand, to, to, to be embraced. But we need a boldness. God's calling us to a boldness. He's with us. In Deuteronomy chapter 31, verse 6, it, it reads, Be strong and courageous. Don't be terrified or afraid of them. For the Lord your God is the one who will go with you. He will not leave you or abandon you. God goes with us into 2021. That's exciting. That's hopeful. He does not abandon us. 
So we've got be content, be bold. Thirdly, we need wisdom. God, grant me wisdom to know the difference between what needs to change and what can stay the same. In James chapter 1, verse 5, it says, If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God, who gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given him or her. And we need to be those who seek and quest uh, for Sophia, for the wisdom of God. And so some of that wisdom is, is repenting from bad habits, from sin. We will not be granted wisdom from God when our lifestyles are not honouring to him. We need to reconcile ourselves first with him and then seek that wisdom. And he'll give us the knowledge to, to, to discern what we can change and what we can't change. We need to put our egos aside. We need to move out of judgmentalism towards grace. It's often said about uh, being judgmental. Um, the things we're most critical of in others is the very things we don't see in ourselves. Uh, the psychologists call it projection. We project onto others the criticism, and yet it's sometimes the very things of ourselves. So the end of the year is a good time to do a spring clean, a spiritual spring clean of our lives and our attitudes. And, you know, okay, we may not be into New Year's resolutions, but it's also an opportunity for us to review what are our priorities. Well, our priorities are the two royal commands. Love God with all our hearts, with all our minds, with all our being, and then to love our neighbours as we love ourselves. And we can always do a fact check on how we're doing on that. Fourthly, God's will be done. That's, that's the priority for every Christian, to do the will of God for them. God has a purpose and a plan for each one of us. And many people uh, will struggle with, with the events of this year, and not just this year, but the, the very um, backgrounds that they've come from. There are hard moments in our lives, and um, sometimes we try and mask the pain through misuse of substance, whether that be alcohol, whether it be excessive eating, whether it be um, sort of titillation and amusements that aren't necessarily healthy, whether it be addicted to sex or there can be many little addictions that we all have uh, where we try and get distracted from the pain. And God's will is about accepting the hardships as a pathway to peace. And that's why this prayer of serenity is used in the 12 step program. It's accepting that we're in a bad place and it's facing the, the pain square on. And Jesus did that. He accepted his calling. It wasn't easy when we think of the Garden of Gethsemane and his weeping and knowing that he was going to the cross. But Jesus took on a sinful world and overcame it. And God can give us strength to overcome those things, those addictions in our lives that are, are wrecking our relationships, wrecking ourselves. Nothing surprises God. That includes everything. But as I say, hardships are a pathway to peace. There's no peace 
like peace that passes all understanding that we read about in Philippians 4, chapter 7. It's a peace that passes human logic. And this is what we were thinking about at the beginning of this service, is the angels are singing about the joy that's from out of this world. And it's true that God gives us a joy. It's not happiness. It's that something that we know that we are loved from eternity to eternity, that we're accepted, we're forgiven, and that we're here for a time and a season. And God takes us on. Eternity is a very long time. We're just a speck of time in human history. And so we need to experience that joy. And if you haven't received Jesus, if you have pushed Jesus to the sidelines of your life, today is an opportunity to bring him to the centre, to kneel before him, to bow before him, to get back in sync with the Holy Spirit and allow him to take control. Joseph and Mary are supreme examples of someone who surrendered themselves to the will of God. These, these very young people who had to flee to, to give birth to the Son of God in a stable, they surrendered themselves to the purposes of God. And that's the best thing we can do at the end of 2020. So embrace the world for what it is. Love, my friends, through the roughest storms. God has already ordained your situations yesterday, today and tomorrow. And, you know, COVID-19, influenza of the Spanish flu, God has allowed free will. God has allowed humans to have wet markets in East Asia that's allowed this virus to take place. And this is human will that's allowed this to happen. So it makes sense at the end of 2020 for us to try and give control over to God. It makes sense to ask God for courage to change what should be changed in our lives. It makes sense to seek the wisdom that helps us discern what should be accepted and what should be changed in our lives. It makes sense to seek God's serenity by really living and appreciating our God and our Saviour as we trust God now and forever. Friends, I, I want to invite you to join me in this prayer of serenity. Um, so let's turn to this prayer and pray it together. Join me, would you? God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change. The courage to change the things I can. And the wisdom to know the difference. Amen.